am in Numbers chapter 14. I hope you've been following along with the story. I'm going to pick up reading at verse 14. Numbers 14, verse 14. I'll read 13 because it's in the middle of a sentence. But Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. For in your might you brought up this people from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of the people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face. And your cloud stands over them, and you go in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Verse 15, now if you kill this people all at one time, then the nations who have heard about you will say it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land he swore to give them that he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. And now, therefore, let the power of the Lord be great in the way that you promised when you spoke, saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the parents upon the children, to the third and fourth generation. Verse 19, forgive the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Just as you have pardoned this people from Egypt even until now. Then the Lord said, I do forgive just as you have asked. Nevertheless, as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the people who have seen my glory and the signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have tested me these ten times and have not obeyed my voice, none of them shall see the land that I swore to give to their ancestors. None of those who despised me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me wholeheartedly, I will bring into the land, uh, bring into the land into which he went, excuse me, and his descendants shall possess it. We've been going through a sermon series called I Won't Complain. Um, and this is part four today. I want to talk about complaining about the come up. Complaining about the come up. Uh, so we've been going through this series and we started uh, in numbers. Uh, uh, we, we call that first sermon just ungrateful. And then in part two, we talked about the fact that you just complain, complain, complain. Then, as we kind of carried on with the narrative, we came to part three, which turned into a two-part series uh, called Piss That Pastor. And uh, then we had Resurrection Sunday, so y'all had a break. Uh, Palm Sunday and then Resurrection. And then now, 
we pick right up where we left off. And the interesting thing is it's a different complaint, but they still complaining. So, so we've been walking intentionally through this narrative where God has delivered his people from Egyptian bondage and slavery. Uh, the process is not as smooth as they desire. Uh, the process has some hills and some valleys that they did not anticipate nor expect. So instead of them being grateful that God has been good to them, they continue to grumble about the process. Right there, you don't have to say, man, you can get mad if you can testify in your life that God has opened doors for you that you couldn't open for yourself, that God has provided for you. You drove up here in an automobile that your credit score said you shouldn't even have, but instead of lifting your caramel-complected hands to tell God thank you, you spend more time complaining about the things you go through. We've seen them complain about their misfortune. We've seen them complain about their menu they complained about their Moses but this complaint takes the cake for me God has prepared and promised a land for them here it is that flows with milk and honey is far better than Egypt but they are still complaining they, they won't just trust God to be great instead they would rather talk themselves out of the promise I don't know who God has sent me on assignment to, maybe somebody virtually, that God is trying to bless you, but you're so bitter, you're so ungrateful, you're so selfish, uh, that, that your complaining literally may cost you the promise. The sad reality is that some are so comfortable with complacency that they'll complain about a come up. <laughs> you, you've learned how to settle for less than your best and God's best. And so the process that is going to take, and it is going to be a process, the process that it's going to take for you to get where God is trying to take you is not going to always be comfortable. It's not going to always be peaches and cream. People are not always going to support you. People are not always going to be in your corner. They're not going to always see what you saw or believe what you believe. But the truth of the matter is don't allow complaints to rob you of the next level. Here it is. There's somebody right, right out here under the tent. Uh, you didn't have a job. And, and you begged God to give you a job. And he gave you a job. And now all you do is complain. The hours. The pay. The people. The task. Complaining about the come up. You begged for a marriage. God, I don't want to be single. I need somebody to hold me at night. And he gave you Barbara. And all you do is complain. Barbara can't cook like your mama. Barbara don't do that little thing Tammy used to do. Complaining about to come up. You, you, you beg God for a car. And God gave you a car car that you couldn't afford you still don't know how you got approved but instead of being grateful now all you do is complain about the payments talking about complaining about it come on you beg for your business to be successful and to take off and now god is sending you clientele from nowhere but you don't say thank you you complain about how busy you are 
You don't never have no me time. I'm talking about complaining about the come up. Because the truth of the matter is I'm learning that we want promotion, but we don't want process. Seven of y'all should have shouted better than that. You want God to take you to the end of the line where all the blessings you wanted have fallen in your lap, but you don't want the hell that you've got to go through to get there. Somebody ought to shout. We're sitting under tents that are shade, but we wouldn't have the shade if it wasn't for a process. Somebody had to take them out the box and put it together and struggle and strain. Somebody ought to holler right now. It's not always comfortable. Huh? It's not always the way I want it to be. But if I'm going to get what God promised me, I wish y'all would help me preach. I got to go through the process. We we want promotion with no process. We, we want success with no struggle. We want elevation with no effort. We want blessing with no burden. Y'all take the brakes off me. We want advancement with no affliction. We want future with no fight. We want destiny without having to do something. Somebody ought to shout to your neighbor. Stop complaining about to come up. Type that in the comment section. Stop complaining about to come up. Three quick things. This may end up being a two-parter because I'm almost all out of gas. The first thing the text talks about is a polling of the success rate. A polling of the success rate. The Bible says after they have wandered in the wilderness for some time, they are on the brink of the promise. Uh, I mean, like they right there, like, like the promised land is right there and we right here. And this is the word that I want you to give yourself today. I might be right there. I can't afford to mess this up. Come on, talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Ain't nothing crazy about talking to yourself. It's just crazy when you talk. Say to yourself, self, I might be right there. And so I cannot afford <laughs> to mess this up. You, you've been going through hell for so long that you don't know what it's like to be almost in the prime right there. And, and I understand that because God brought me not a piece of the way, but all of the way, that me connecting with the wrong people, me having the wrong attitude, me getting high, getting drunk, uh, me scared, come on, talk back to me, might mess it up, and I'm right there. It's been a lot of hell and a lot of heartbreak, but I'm, I'm still alive to tell the story, and I, I'm right there. And I can't, I can't afford to mess this up. Moses says, I need some spies to go into Canaan. It's, 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 it's the land that God has promised us, but I need you to go and peep it out. Go, 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 go do some intel. Go let me know what the land looking like because I understand that it's a promise, but I also know it's a process. And so we're going to have to do some stuff to get into it. And because of that, we need to count up the costs because ain't nothing worse than thinking you got this and you ain't got it. Anybody ever been embarrassed? You got up to the counter at ATP and you had most stuff on the belt. Then you had money. Come on, I'm talking about counting up the cost. And he literally says, I need you to go into the land that has been promised to discover what this promise is going to look like. 
because God, Ash, gives us promises but does not disclose the process because he knows if we know the process, then we will say forget the promise. Maybe the promise is not worth fighting giants. Maybe the promise is not worth going back to school. Maybe the promise is not worth having to save each month. Maybe the promise is not worth having to put up with so-and-so. So God will show you the promise but not the process. And Moses says you better count up the cost. Count up the cost of marriage. You say you want to be married, but you better count up the cost. Yeah. You got to count up the cost of having children. You, you say you want to be a parent, but my little Ninevites make me want to cuss them smooth. I love you, Micah. I do. Micah almost got cussed today. I was, so, I was too sick to cuss him, but I almost, son, I should cuss you now because I feel a little better, but I'm not going to cuss you in front of the church. You say you want to write a book, but have you counted up the cost? It's going to be labor, toil, blood, sweat, and tears. Then somebody got to edit it. You, you say you want to go back to school, but have you counted up the cost? You won't read your Bible. How you think you're going to read the curriculum? Myron, am I talking at all? You got to count up the cost. Here it is, because th this is what God said. There may be giants in the land and don't mean the land ain't churns but it might be giants living there now and if giants scare you you'll never get the problem I wish I had a witness in here because the truth of the matter is some stuff is big and it's scary but it's only when you're not operating by faith I wish I had a couple of folk under the tent that would declare I ain't afraid of no giant if that's what stands between me and my business or me and a successful marriage or me and my health I ain't scared of no giant here, here it is because the survey is not supposed to scare you it's supposed to prepare you Scales, I got to count up the cost because there may be giants in the land. And the giants are ugly. The giants are going to make noise. The giants are going to pound their chest. The giants are going to make me think God has brought me out here to leave me. But somebody ought to shout, they're not there to scare me. They're there to prepare me. God is showing the children of Israel through uh, this survey of what they've got to look forward to if they're going to possess the land. But can I tell somebody, it's all about your perspective. Let me hear you say it. It's all about my perspective. Huh? Type that in the comment section. It's all about my perspective. Because you could see giants as something big that you've got to go against. Or you could see giants as something big that God's going to take care of. I wish I had seven folk in here that would declare. When I look at the giants in my life, they're just reminders of how big my God really is. I need seven of y'all that know he's big. They just type big in the comment section. Bigger than cancer. Huh? Bigger than my mortgage. Bigger than foreclosure. Bigger than repossession. Somebody shout big. Huh? Bigger than my history. Bigger than my criminal history. Somebody shout big. Yeah, I feel God right there. Uh, you got there may be giants in the land. And so there's a polling of the success rate. They go down into the land. And I told you, uh, they, they find in the land big people. 
But Mark, they also see big produce. And, and you can't expect big produce without encountering big problems. Gabe, the reason most people settle for mediocrity is because they're afraid of the monsters they've got to go against to get to a master level. Y'all ain't talking. I know, I know I'm blessing you. Here it is. There are some of you that are sitting here right now that God has so much more in store for you, but you have allowed the giants in the land to punk you out of your destiny. And God sent me to pump you up today, huh? to, to tell you to get it down in your spirit that the God who brought you to the brink of the promise huh, is not going to leave you sitting on the outside. Huh? Don't be afraid of the giants that are in the land. Huh? But hell, I also see the grapes, and I ain't allowing no giants to stop me. Yeah, yeah, listen, maybe, maybe you can't shout because you don't like grapes like I do. I, I listen, listen, I got, I ran around the room on grapes alone. Clusters of grapes. Here it is, so large that two grown men had to carry them on poles. I can't stand y'all because y'all don't know when to shout. I'm saying that what God is wanting to do in this next season is give you stuff so big, you're going to need somebody else to help you carry it. See, I can't, I can't stand y'all. I'm saying that God is saying in this next season, I know that you went through a moment where you didn't know what you were going to eat. I know that you went through a season where you had to eat manna. That what is it that fell from heaven? But what I'm telling you is that in this next season, if you just trust me and keep stepping, what I have for you, you're going to need somebody to help you carry it. Is there anybody that will just nudge your neighbor and say, neighbor, what God is about to do for me, I'm going to need And so because I want the grapes, I can't trip on the giants. And so they take this survey, and then they come back with the grapes to have proof this is what God has waiting on us. Now let me tell you this. Every now and then, God will give you a glimpse of the grapes for your next season. I can remember, I tell this story all the time, I was a boy preacher, uh, and I got a call to preach a three-night revival at Brentwood Baptist Church in Houston. Huge church. And up until that time, I was, you know, preaching all over the country, but it was little, little churches here and there, this, that, and other. But this was something different. My room was in the penthouse, and they picked me up each night in a limousine. And they took me in the pastor's office that looked like the palace in coming to America. And afterwards, each night, they would take me to eat at Papa Do's. Now I'm 16. And so when you're 16, that kind of thing can kind of mess you up. Lord, I don't know what I did to get this, but I thank you. And what I did not know <laughs> was that God was giving me a glimpse of my grace because that was far from the last limousine that I've written in and far from the last penthouse I've stayed in. God has blessed my ministry to use me in places that I never even thought I could go, but God gave me a glimpse of the grapes at 16. Now, I'm wondering, is there anybody in the room huh, that God has shown you just enough of your destiny huh, to cause you to say, I'm willing to go all the 
grapes. I ain't settling for small. Y'all ain't talking about. I can't settle for small. After I, so, 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 so there's a polling of the success rate. They bring these grapes back. Uh, but, but here's the crazy part, Sister Lisa. They've got proof of the next season. But there were 12 spies. Ten of them came back saying, Pastor Moses, man, we can't go down there. Watch this. Everything God said about the land is true. But there's some stuff he did not say about the land that's true too. Ten of them. We can't go down there. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. There's some big boys down there. Even if we, we learn to fight together, we, mm-mm. mm-mm. There's a polling of success rate, but then there's a pessimistic report. If you're writing, write that down. What if what's keeping you from coming up is the fact that you have a pessimistic perspective about everything? I've seen people have cancer and give God praise. But then I've also seen people have a bunion. Somebody said, Pastor, you ain't never had a bunion before. Like, a bunion is a game changer. I thought I saw a bunion come one day. I laid my hands on my feet. I said, no, nah, beautiful are the feet that preached. The thing went away, too. I got Holy Ghost power. Here it is. That they, they never have a chance to get Canaan. Because they have already made it up in their mind that they can't have it. What what is it in your mind that you have decided it would be nice to have? But but I can't, I can't, I ain't gonna be able to uh uh-uh. That like everything that I've got to go through to get there is probably beyond my reach. Nick, I I I, it ain't that I don't want it, it's just that I don't have the money. I I don't have the education, I I don't have the support, I, I don't have a business plan that is adequate enough. I'm talking to those of you that God has given you a dream, because God has given you a destiny, but because of your disbelief, you're standing out there telling people about what you would have done if the situation wasn't what it was. I'm telling you today, get that defeated perspective out of your mind. Greater is he that is in me than he that I Somebody ought to holler with me. Somebody ought to declare, I've been through too much to let giants stop me now. And so here it is. They've got a pessimistic report. Moses, we can't do it. This this ain't for us. This, this beyond our reach. It's beyond our capacity. These spies were defeated already because they looked at the giants from their eyes instead of from God's eyes. I'm I'm almost done. Listen, what if the way you see in your giants is all wrong? What if God is pushing you to it because God has a different vantage point and he sees your giants smaller than you do. When you get on an airplane, uh, I know the size of the buildings in Austin. I've been in Austin for 30 years, and so I know 
the size of the capital. I know the size of the airport. I know the size of certain hotels that tower throughout the city. But when you get on an airplane, the higher you go, the smaller things become. And so sometimes you way up in the air and you're looking at something that looks small like a toy. Now when you're on the ground, it's large. But when you're looking from the sky, it's small. Somebody ought to shout, I'm going to stop looking at it like somebody on the ground and start seeing everything through God's eyes. He has an aerial view and even my giants look small. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, to your word. The word of God says uh, that you've got to be careful how you see yourself. Because at verse 33, when they're giving the report to Moses, they said, to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. Now listen, I might be a lot of stuff, but I ain't going to never call myself a grasshopper. Somebody listening to me, you're defeated already because you keep referring to yourself as less than you are. You thinking you'll always be a worker. God has called you to be a boss. You, you thinking you'll always be broke when God's got millionaire destiny in your, come on, talk back to me. And can I tell you, it is true that the power of life and death lies in your tongue. Stop saying you're broke or you'll always be broke. Stop saying you're sick or you'll always be sick. Stop saying you're not supported or you'll never be supported. Stop saying you're tired or you'll always be tired. But I need seven folk that'll stand up even in your living room and declare I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. talk back to me. I'm not sick, but I am well, because God says so. Somebody type in the comment section, I am what he says I am, and he says I'm victorious. He says I'm strong. He says I've got more in store for me. I am more. I, feel, I wish I felt like closing. Somebody ought to declare, I learned to see myself through God. pessimistic report so pessimistic I'm done so pessimistic that these fools start saying man God and Pastor Moses done brought us out here to kill us in the wilderness he should have left us in Egypt where you were slaves in Egypt, where you were making brick without straw, in Egypt, where they whipped you with lashes on your back. You want to go back to Egypt. And before you judge the children of Israel, there's somebody out here right now that because your money ain't flowing the way you want it to flow, you're thinking about going back to the block. That's Egypt. Just because the man you're married now prays a whole lot but don't make a whole lot of money, you thinking about going back to Tommy who had no relationship with God but he had a gold grill. I'm talking about going back 
to Egypt, what the devil will do is make you think that Egypt was better than where you are. But the devil is a liar. The truth ain't in him. If God has set me free, I'd rather wander in the wilderness with God than to be stuck in Egypt with the devil. I need nine of you that have decided if God is trying to cause a come up in my life, but it's going to happen through what I come through, then God, I'll go through the fire. I'll go through the rain. I'll go through the rumors. It's a part of the come up. And I refuse to complain.